one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm Nathan Ackerman coming at you with a rather somber episode, not the tone we were expecting to strike six days from the start of the Phillies 2023 season, but that's where we're at. Reese Hoskins, uh, a brutal torn ACL yesterday. We're, We're recording this on Friday. This happened on Thursday. He's likely going to miss the entire season. They haven't quite officially said that, but that's usually what happens in this kind of case. Obviously, Bad news for the player and the team on so many fronts. We're going to get into all of that. But um, right now, obviously, just horrible news. Uh, Obviously, just terrible timing, too. And a lot of ramifications on so many fronts for, as I said, the player and the team. But joining me to talk about all of that on the podcast, Johnny Heller. Johnny, give me your initial reaction. First of all, thank you for, for joining the pod. But just... What were your initial thoughts, gut reaction watching Reese Hoskins go down? Um, aside from what it means for the long term and all that kind of stuff that we can we can get into, just what what was the first thing that came to mind when you saw Reese Hoskins go down? Yeah, Nathan, and uh, thank you for having me on. But I think um, you know Reese Hoskins is is probably one of the more polarizing athletes in Philadelphia over the last um, few years, and I think for for a lot of people who you know, saw his value despite the streakiness, all of that, um, felt vindicated and and happy for him in, in October when he really, he really shined through in the, in, um, the NLDS against the Braves and then in the NLCS against the Padres. But, um, I think when seeing him go down and, and pretty instantly, I think everyone knew, um, that it was probably going to be this injury or something like it. Um, you know, you, you, um, I don't know about you, my instant reaction, it wasn't necessarily thinking about how it impacts the team, um, but just feeling bad for the guy, feeling, um, you know, bad for him. He, he had just, again, he had just broken out really um, last year in, in the playoffs after, again, he's a really polarizing player. Um, and also this is a contract season for him. So this was going to be a big year for him. Guys always, always play well in their contract seasons. And, uh, you know, now it's it's more likely that he'll, you know, be a 31 year old coming off a season and, you know, a, a season in which he didn't play and a, a pretty bad injury. So feel bad for the guy. And then obviously you start to think about how it impacts the team and, um, you know, a team that was in the world series last year and he was a big part of that. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of thoughts all around. Yeah. And I mean, you just hate to see it happen to a guy like him. He's obviously, as you said, one of the more polarizing athletes, uh, but from like a personal standpoint and who he is as a person and what he means to the clubhouse, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like him. I don't think there's anybody that says, oh, Reese Hoskins, what a terrible guy. I can't stand to hear him talk or I can't stand the way that he, he you know, uh, relates with the with the team and with the fans and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, just to see it happen to him after what was a postseason run that was fueled by so much of the good vibes, you know, that 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 he helped to sort of create and that it it was like the first time in a long time that the fan base really fell in love with this team. And I think he was a big, a big part of that, especially with even the way that his playoffs went, he made, you know, he sort of started off kind of cold and then made a tough, 
misplay at first against the Braves, but then came back with the bat spike game and turned it on from there and hit a bunch of home runs. And it was just like he was kind of the embodiment of the whole playoff run where um, you, you could just see the passion and see how much he he cared. And him being one of the guys that like the new era of of this team and this 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 new core, like he was one of the first two or three guys to really usher in that that new wave in a in a sense. And he was he was there before they were even playoff contenders in the first place. He came up in 2017 when the team was just not good at all. And then to see him go from that to, you know, two wins away from a championship, but having completed like one of the more improbable runs in franchise history. And then this year there was the whole two wins away kind of thing. And there still obviously is. And um, but to to see that he's not going to get to play as big a part of it as we were expecting is just um it 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 sucks it sucks yeah for sure so this morning dave dombrowski spoke to the media about the fallout from hoskins uh acl tear and sort of what it means for the roster and the lineup and that and that kind of thing there wasn't a whole lot of news except for the news that hall will probably get the majority of playing time at first they didn't fully commit to um not having him start against left-handed pitchers. I, I don't know how much time that's going to take before they say, yeah, this is probably not going to work out because um, I was just looking at the stats and I didn't realize it was this bad. I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was 591 OPS against left-handers in the minors last year. So unless things really turn around on that front, are we looking at, Johnny, you can kind of weigh in here. Are we looking at Hall against righties and then moving Bohm to first against lefties with Edmundo Sosa at third. I know there's sign of there are kind of some um, mild concerns about moving Bowen all across the diamond. Uh, I don't know if they really want to do that. He sort of got comfortable at third toward the end of last year. Um, there's no perfect answer here. Obviously, it only happened yesterday, so maybe the move comes from externally. Maybe they do something else, but. Um, as things stand now, do you see them trying to make a move or do you see them kind of going with that configuration? Um, I, I think it's most likely that they go with that configuration, at least to start the season. Um, yeah. But I think you you made a, a good point in that they might not be really looking to move Bohm to first and to third and back to first, and back to third, because of, uh, like you said, he obviously, you know, it's it's been less than a year since... You know, he, he had that three error game and, um, you know, looked like a disaster at third and he's gotten comfortable. And um, again, teams sometimes just don't want to mess with something like that. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, are we sure they can't just throw? So, yeah, Sosa is a, you know, he's not a big guy, but they can throw him at first. I think um, there are there are options if they really, really need to feel the need to, to keep Boehm at third. Uh, I, I think when you talk about, looking at like an external option um that's probably something they'll wait later into the season i don't know if they'll wait till like the end of july like i i think they'll give it a month give it a month and a half if hall can't hit righties all of a sudden you know that's that's a big problem but um you know i i think it's also worth noting obviously there are a lot more right-handed pitchers than left-handed pitchers so as long as hall can hit righties i think they can probably swallow the that other scenario when maybe Sosa isn't hitting as as well as they'd like him to but um maybe maybe a right-handed bat's on the way at some point but I think they'll they'll stand pat for now yeah I think they will stand pat for now too and 
And I, I guess this kind of takes us into some of the other roster stuff that instead of there being one open bench spot, now there seems to be two. Um, Cody Clemens was a guy who a lot of people were talking about after Hoskins got got hurt. Um, the fact that he can play first base all of a sudden with this new extra bench spot, um, there seems to be a little bit of intrigue in getting him on the roster there. And as this sort of relates to the first base puzzle, I don't really see a huge need there. I mean, between Bohm, Hall, and like the occasional JT, you have guys that can play first there. And as you said, they have, you know, a, a few other options that can play a, a start or two here and there or an inning or two in the field here and there. It just doesn't seem like they need to do whatever they can to get Cody Clemens, who probably, if they put him on the roster, he's probably not going to be starting that many games at, at first. He's probably going to be there for the purpose of having like a late game defensive sub, which I don't know. Those are fine, but I don't know if it creates the need to have a whole new roster spot for him. The bigger problem to me is the, the, the bench. Now when you have Hall's going to be playing even more than he was already supposed to, um, you have a lot of lefties on that bench and now you're going to have Sosa playing third more than he was going to. And it's like, it's, it's a really lefty heavy bench with probably Jake cave Stubbs, hall when he's not facing righties. Um, and it just seems like putting Cody Clemens on the bench. There's you're, you're, you're sacrificing a lot in terms of having a single right-hander on the bench versus having a guy in there who can like be a late game defensive sub at first. And, he can play there. It's not like he has a ton of experience there in the first place. So there was this open competition for the final two bench spots. It seemed like Hall was even before Hoskins got hurt, he was probably going to win one of those spots. So it was kind of like Dalton Guthrie, Scott Kingery, uh, Jake Cave, and Cody Clemens for one final bench spot. I'm sort of leaning in the Guthrie Kingery camp. Um, I know like when, when spring training started and Scott Kingery was lighting the world on fire, it was like, is he really going to make this team? It seems like there's more of a pathway now just because of how, when, when Hoskins got hurt, everything kind of changed as far as Hall's going to be play more against righties and Castellanos might move from right to the DH spot. And then that creates a spot in the outfield and blah, blah, blah. We can get into all of that too, as we talk about the new lineup, but what how do you sort of think that they might fill that that extra roster spot are you in on the Cody Clemens hype if they're well I don't know if we can call it hype yet but what do you think they can kind of do there to um get somebody who can play first if they if they need to but also like fill out the bench a little bit with a ready if they want to go that route yeah I think I think uh, I I agree with you on on the Clemens piece I think um be one thing if he was like a lefty who can can hit and can play first base but he's 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 a lefty who can't you know He's a light hitting first baseman. Um, if if that's what they're putting on the roster for, like, I don't know if that's really um, worth the spot. I think the other consideration with Kingery too is that, um, you know, now that Hoskins is on the sixty day DL, you would assume there a forty man spot opens up. So that was the, that was I think the biggest hurdle is like, are you really going to open up a spot for King? for Kingery when um, you already have Clemens on the 40 man. Um, Now that's maybe not as much of an issue. I don't know if they're going to, you know, they have other positions where they might need to build depth with, you know, obviously Ranger Suarez not starting the the year in the rotation. We can obviously get into that later, but that's another spot where they might be looking to add a starter on the 40 man or Kingery on the 40 man. But I think, like you said, Kingery has been lighting it up. I think he's probably earned the spot. Um, I think the only consideration is maybe like, is he going to get enough time? Um, it's not like you have to develop Scott Kingery, but also, yeah. um, you know, when a guy is, is lighting the world on fire and then you you bring him up to the majors and he gets two at-bats a week, 
that could could maybe hurt that. So, um, and one other thing, he can play center field. I don't know if Edmundo Sosa can play center field, but Scott Kingery can definitely play center field. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're they're fully in love with the Sosa experiment out there. I haven't seen him a whole lot in spring training. I don't know how much time he's gotten there, but um, the way that they're still talking about Kingery Cave Guthrie too, it just seems like they they want to go with a more like solidified. Uh, defensive option out there I guess that kind of takes us into some of the lineup stuff it the 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 ramifications of Hoskins getting hurt are just so there are so many like with who's going to play first against lefties and then what that does to the bench and what that does to Castellanos out and right and what that does with all that kind of stuff but Hoskins was probably slated to start the season in the cleanup spot or somewhere in the four or five spot um, obviously prior to the ACL tear this obviously changes everything. They were seemed like they were going to go Turner, Schwarber, Real Muto, Hoskins, and then fill out the rest of the lineup how they will. Maybe they were going to put Hoskins five, Castellanos four, or something like that. Maybe even Hall. I don't know. Um, but obviously that's all changed now. Johnny, how do you think you would you would reconfigure the lineup? Obviously, without one of their best hitters gonna be, you know, out for probably the entire season. Um, one of the key cogs in this. This this vaunted lineup that I think is still pretty strong, but obviously took quite a hit yesterday. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question because, um, you know, like you said, it, it was I think a, a like a very clear top four uh, in the lineup with Harper out would have become a, a very clear top five once he was back, uh, and then, and then it becomes a little difficult. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard because I think. The Hoskins injury, where, wherever you put him in the lineup, the Hoskins injury puts a lot of pressure on Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Um, before, I think maybe there was a little pressure. If like if Nick Castellanos wasn't great this year, I think that they would have been fine. You know, if everyone's healthy, I think that that changes a little bit now. They depend on him a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know if you start him hitting cleanup out the gate, but then again, are you? I think the other option is you you like hit Bohm in the two hole or, or third, and then you 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 throw Real Muto fourth um or you throw yeah. Schorber fourth I don't I don't know um yeah I I I know this is like I'm refusing to have a take but I I, no, no, I no. really I'm really I'm really not sure yeah okay so so yesterday after they said Hoskins tore his ACL I put a poll out there that said um who who it's cleanup for the Phillies uh on opening day against the Rangers and the options were Nick Castellanos Kyle Schorber Hall and then other and I guess other would probably be Real Muto or Boehm uh, Johnny, you had a quote tweet on that that I want you to read right here on on the pod, and and I'll explain why. But but tell me what you said in in response to that tweet. I said thirty percent want the guy who had a six ninety four OPS last season to hit cleanup. Yes, Sheesh. exactly. So that that number is now down to twenty percent. But yeah. the reason I, I wanted you to read that is because I'm going to give you a take. And it's a take that I've had on the last few pods, and I'm just going to say it again because it feels uh, relevant and timely now. I'm starting Nick Castellanos in the cleanup spot for at least the first month of the season. I think I was I was already there. I'm even more there now when you have not that many great options apart from him. Um, I, I I think you say, look, you throw out 2022. You say this guy's can't all of a sudden just be bad. If he is fine, he'll prove that to us in the first month or two. But you throw him out there, you say, look, we have faith in you. Um, we're going to let you kind of sink or swim here. If it doesn't work out, you can make a change there. But like, if it's not him, 
I'm not putting Hall in the cleanup spot quite yet, at least. Um, I'm not putting I'm not putting Real Muto there. I don't know if he has quite enough power to put him there, and I think you're probably going to use him in the three spot. Um, Kyle Schwarber like isn't is an option. I think that they were they were kind of um, set on the Turner Schwarber one two atop the lineup. I don't know if this changes things. I haven't heard Rob Thompson say anything about that yet. But I would imagine that maybe they sort of rethink their whole configuration when one of their best hitters goes down. But the way things stand now, there's no great option there. I don't know if Bohm is the guy that you want in that spot yet. I think he could force his way there by the end of the season. But as things stand now, I think there's no perfect option. And I think you have to fall back on the guy that you're it, like, I don't want to make this a contract thing, but you're paying him 80 million for the next four years. You know that he's good. You signed him to be that kind of bat. He had a down year last year. And I think you have to say, look, we are, our hand is kind of forced here. We're going to just trust that you're the guy that we signed you for, and we're going to put you there. And if it doesn't work for a month, then maybe this is who Nick Castellanos is. And we're going to have to make a change. But until then, what else do you do? Yeah, you're you're not wrong in that it's not like there's like a clear option that isn't that I just I just see the guy who who had one RBI in September and didn't homer you know two months worth of worth of game that worth of games to end the season and it's oh man I don't know but but, you know you're right it was not good there's a pretty lengthy track record um he had a, a brutal start to the spring and it has been turning it around the last week or so so you know maybe Maybe that's what you do, and I th- I think it's probably most likely that that's what Rob Thompson does end up doing. Um, I don't I don't think they would hit Hall fourth. I'd be fine with it. Um, he's gonna he's gonna homer strike out like yeah, he's yeah. you know he, he really is like your your prototypical just I don't know he's like can he be Rowdy Tellez maybe like that kind yeah. of guy. Um, I'd be he's fine like, with it. Yeah, he's like the three true uh, outcomes, but it's really only two because he two. doesn't walk yeah. all that much. He yeah. does not walk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I also, again, it's 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 more recency bias for me than anything. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But but I think I think that's what they end up doing. The other thing I wanted to kind of get to with the lineup was. Um, I, I sort of mapped this all out in my head uh, against righties and against lefties. Um, it, this Hoskins injury and the fallout and Hall not playing against lefties, assuming that that's what they do. Castellanos theoretically then can move into the DH spot, um, which opens up a spot in the outfield. We were kind of talking about who gets that final bench spot. Maybe that plays a role, but like, is it Josh Harrison every day against lefties in right? If they do decide to do that, move Castellanos out of there. Um, is it Dalton Guthrie? Is it Scott Kingery? Are they going to play Jake cave every day? Like, what do you do there with that corner outfield spot? I don't think they signed Josh Josh Harrison expecting him to play every day or expecting him to even play as part of a platoon. They were thinking of him as more of a bench guy. So what do they do there? Do you is that does that feel like an accurate configuration like Bohm at 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 first, uh Sosa at third, Harrison and right, Castellanos at the designated hitter? Like, does that does that feel am I completely off or does that feel like something that that they could actually do? Uh, I think it depends on if Cave makes the team. I th- I think yeah. I think he's had a good enough spring that they might just, you know, go for it. How, how long has it been? He had he had a good year, one or two good years, right? Maybe one in twenty nineteen. Cave. Cave. Yeah, he's never had a good full season, but he was he's shown he can hit major league pitching. I think I think against righties, I think it's probably Cave. Yeah, and he's been yeah. Oh, but against lefties, 
Oh, against lefties? You're right. You don't you don't do him against lefties. Yeah. Uh I guess it is Harrison or Kingery. Kingery. Yikes. Either of those guys as like your starting right fielder in you know a 2023 major league baseball game is is pretty brutal. But yeah. Um I don't I don't yeah, know what else could... they do. Yeah, I think they could use getting Bryce Harper back uh, as soon as possible. That'll that'll probably help. Yeah. That'll probably help. Johnny, how does this change sort of how you view the ceiling for the the Phillies in 2023? They're obviously in a crowded National League East, um, trying to defend their their World Series run, but they also won it 87 games, and the Mets improved and the Braves improved, but both those teams are also kind of banged up too. The Phillies also improved a lot in the offseason as well. Um, Reese Hoskins was a big part of this team, a big part of this of the of the lineup that was like the number one strength of this team. Do you think the Phillies like I, I've seen a question thrown out there a lot, like what's more likely they they win the National League East or they miss the playoffs entirely? I was sort of on the side of I think it's more likely that they win the National League East in part because I think that they're good enough to compete with the Mets and the Braves. And I I don't really see that many um there's like six teams in the National League who I could reasonably see competing for a playoff spot. And I don't really see who else could do that between the Dodgers, Padres, whoever wins the Central and then the Mets, the Braves and the Phillies. Um, does this change anything in terms of what you see is like the ceiling for this team? There's Hoskins isn't the only injury, of course. Harper is going to be out for a couple months and there's some questions on the pitching side now. Um so obviously, if this trend continues, that's going to change things even more. But where do you stand now with how much Hoskins going down for, again, likely the full season um, impacts what the Phillies are capable of in, here in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first first thing, um, you know, that, that question you posed, I think um, a, a consideration to kind of back up your point is like they are the Phillies also don't have to play the Braves and Mets like. 19 times a year yeah they, they play them 12 times now they're, they're playing a lot more worse teams and i think that that helps them in in beating out like i don't know the brewers or, or whoever comes you know second in the central or third in the west yeah. but um to your question um i think it, it if if dave dombrowski was not the president of baseball operations on this team and it had not been demonstrated how much you know, control he had and and how much John Middleton has kind of faith in him to do whatever, I think I would be a bit more concerned. Um, but I don't think this is a team that's going to, you know, enter May, you know, five games under 500 and have Hall, Derek Hall with a, a 650 OPS and, um, you know, whatever else might be happening. Maybe, maybe only four of the starters are working out and, and there's injuries. I don't, I don't expect them to just kind of let it ride. I think, um, there's too much urgency, especially um, the ages of, of the best players are, you know, everyone's yeah. 30, 31. Uh, I, I would trust that Dave Dombrowski is is willing to pull the trigger. Um, they, they don't have a lot of depth in, 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 you know, being able to trade for guys, but they have some, some talent, um, some, some blue chip talent too. So um, I think that um, gives me more faith than, than anything, but uh, when you look at, at the lineup now, especially without Harper, um, until he comes back, it is, it's, yeah, like you said, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it's, it's really not, uh, not, not as good, obviously, as, as, um, you know, they were hoping entering the season. So 
I think there's a, a decent chance they start they start slow out of the gate, but I think they do something about it. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it it, it puts a lot of pressure on. I think the the lineup will be fine even without him if you get more production from Castellanos and you get this step forward from Alec Bohm and you get the step forward from Stott and Marsh that a lot of people are talking about. But if you don't get that, it's like, in that case, you have a pretty big drop off in the lineup after like the top three and after Harper gets back like the top four. And that's really going to be one of the biggest strengths of this team or was supposed to be one of the biggest strengths of this team. And then if on the pitching side, you get sort of this world series hangover where guys aren't fully ramped up yet, or they're not going to, tax their innings too much or they're not gonna you know push them the way that they might have last year it's like i i think this all of a sudden becomes a team that like is not good enough to compete with the mets and the and the and the braves and has to fight for one of those those extra wild card spots so yeah this this just changes everything in terms of like not only are you missing a big piece in your lineup but it puts that much pressure on a lot of guys who there was already enough pressure as is like you needed castellanos to to be way better than he was last year and that was true even after even when Hoskins was there even after they got Trey Turner um who I think is a big part of this too I think he's is, having watched him in the in the world baseball classic and then carrying it over to spring training he had another homer yesterday he's lighting the world on fire so he's like I wouldn't really call him an x factor because I think it like he's just probably just going to be very good and I don't know if there's like much of a chance that he's not Oh, that take might age poorly, but no, but I think like there's, yeah, as you said, they, they need to get a lot of production from further down the lineup. And this just sort of pushes everybody up a spot. And now you have guys hitting sixth who would have been hitting fifth or, or sorry, hitting fifth who would have been hitting sixth. And you need to, you know, sort of step up um, as that, as that happens. And if they don't get that, like, as I said, the biggest strength of this team was going to be the fact that it can hit. They obviously have a good, a good, you know, set of arms in the staff and in the pen, but like this team was supposed to hit. It was the whole smash the bell thing. Uh, I don't know what the new motto is, but that was going to be a lot of like what they were trying to do this year. And Reese Hoskins is good. Like he's, he's, he's polarizing. He's streaky. He's up and down. He's not the best first baseman we've ever seen, but like, he's a good hitter and he's like last year was a down year and he had like a seven ninety something OPS, which yeah, isn't great, but like he was good. And he, he, was still doing the thing where he could carry the team for points during the season when he got hot. So yeah, I think this definitely changes a lot. I think, as you said, they're probably not going to just sit on their hands and wait this thing out. I think they're going to, the, I think they're going to start, start, start the season kind of seeing what they have with this group. But if it, it, if, if it doesn't work, I think they, they, they realize the, the urgency to make something happen quickly. And I think that they would do that. So like I think they're obviously still playoff contenders. I would probably still pick them to to make it. Um, and as we said, the Mets are also hurt. The Braves are also hurt. So it's not like it's only the Phillies. But man, the injuries are really piling up at this point. I guess before we wrap up here, um, back to the Reese Hoskins note, we can sort of talk about what this means for him in the long term. Obviously, it was approaching his walk year. Um, was slated for a big season in his free agent year. He was probably looking at a deal in, well, I don't want to project these kind of things, but I don't know he was, he was going to get paid a handsome sum. Um, obviously everything changes when, as you said, you have a 30, 31 year old player coming off of a season where he didn't play. And um, it might not be the long-term, it might not be the number of years or the value that he was originally expecting coming into this walk year. So 
Do you think, Johnny, do you think he played his last game with this team? Like, do you think that appearance was the last we'll see of, of him in red pinstripes? I know they weren't wearing red pinstripes, but like, is he done? Is this the way that it's going to end? Or do you think that there's a way for him, assuming he doesn't pull a 2016 uh, Kyle Schwarber and come back for the playoffs off the ACL tear? Do you think there's a way that they, they're, they're obviously the, the extension talks weren't happening as is they're obviously dead now there's no way that that happens during the season so what do you think is the future for Reese Hoskins with the Phillies yeah I I think uh you know this injury happening makes it a lot more likely that he's back next year honestly Mm -hmm. because it's gonna be a one-year one-year not a lot of money type deal and I think especially if they come out of the season thinking, all right, yeah, Hall is not the long-term first baseman, which is probably the most likely outcome. I think, um, you know, as long as they can push back the, like, you can do a stopgap first baseman as long as you want. I think, um, I think that would make sense. Um, you're right. He lost a lot of money. I think, you know, you look, what did, uh, what did Abreu get this year? Like three years, 60 million, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And he's he's in his mid thirties. I think Hoskins probably would have gotten that that type of AAV, maybe maybe longer. He might have gotten a hundred million. Like who knows? So so really really a, a tough situation for him. But um, in terms of of how it it impacts the likelihood of him being a Philly in twenty twenty four, I I think I think it's a, a bit more likely now. Yeah, I did kind of have the same thought because he's he's probably going to need to take as you said the one year kind of prove it sort of thing and the best place for that to happen is I I think the problem with, with the extension talks was they didn't really want to commit to him long-term because they wanted to see what Bohm would do here in 2023. And they wanted to see if Hall was going to be, be the guy. And if they were going to, you know, have internal options, because that was always like the, the number one thing. It was, if you want to move on from Hoskins, okay, but then who plays first? And the answer to that was always uh Schwarber Castellanos. And there was never really a good fit there. So, but I think now when you, when you, see the way that his his um like contract projection changes it's going to be much shorter term probably one or two years tops um i think it would make a lot of sense to sort of run it back and say this this worked while he was there it worked in 2022 like even if you get a great year out of out of out of bohm like it, it would take hall and boom, both having like career best years and proving that they're like both the future and both can play first or Hall can play first every day, including against lefties that like you would be able to move forward with just saying, no, we've got it all figured out. And I, I don't think that that, I think Hall can be fine. I think he can be fine against righties. I don't think he can be fine against lefties. And for that reason, like, yeah, there seems to be, obviously a lot of things are going to change. Uh, we need to see how the season plays out, who plays well, who does not. But like the way that it that it stands now, I think you're right. That probably makes it more more likely, even if it even if it like officially kills the contract extension talks, which it probably does. He's going to test, you know, the waters for sure. I think um, it makes a lot of sense both for him and for the team as of now to run it back and give him that one year to to bounce back and prove it and give this this core like a big piece of this core one more chance to um you know get across the finish line if you will so i'm with you there that's i guess like the only bit of well it's hard to say it's good news but like the only 
silver lining to this is maybe we see him in Philadelphia for a little bit longer. If not, that obviously be a very bad way to go out. Um, one of the more memorable players from the run, one of the more memorable players of the last six or seven years or so, obviously hate to see him go down. Um, yeah, bad news pretty much all around for the team and for the player. It's it's not, as I said, not the kind of tone we were expecting to strike six days from the start of the season, but that's where we're at. Johnny, any final thoughts to wrap up with before we before we sign off for the day? Uh, only final thought. I hope everyone watched the World Baseball Classic. That was yeah, amazing. It was awesome. Um, I think it's you know really good for baseball. Uh, I was I was lucky enough to to go to some of the the pool games in Miami, and it was like a a completely different baseball watching experience than I've ever had. Um, you know, just seeing how passionate people are about about the 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 countries they're rooting for and everything. So um, it, it's really really great. You know, it's a competition that's been around what twenty years, less than twenty years, and yeah. I think this was the first year that it it hit like any sort of real mainstream media. You know, like Stephen A. Smith talking about Mike Trout facing against Shohei Otani, like stuff like that um, has never come out of out of it. So um, it's really exciting and um, nice that it, we don't have to wait four years. It'll be back in twenty twenty six. So. Yeah, and especially if if you're a fan of this team, you saw it like Turner, Schwarber, JT, they they were on fire pretty much the whole tournament. It was like the Phillies versus uh Japan in the in the final and Japan edged them out. But yeah, Trey Turner was 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 awesome. The 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 grand slam he hit against Venezuela in that quarterfinal game was like he's he's already had like a like a you know, like a goosebumps you know, hit or home run, but like as a member of this team before opening day, which is, I think it's like, that was the kind of thing that I think people were already super stoked for the season to start. And now it was like, okay, this team's going to be legit. And this guy's going to be super fun to watch. And then he came back on Thursday and he hit another home run. So yeah, super fun. Which, which games did you see? Which, which ones were you able to make it out there? So I, I went to, um, I went to the, the best one I went to was Venezuela, Puerto Rico. Um, the rest were a mixture of one of Venezuela, Puerto Rico and the DR against one of um, Nicaragua and Israel, which was still cool. But the, the, the Venezuela, Puerto Rico one was packed and it was a great game. Um, the coolest thing I saw, I think, was that I'm sure everyone's seen that the Nicaraguan uh, reliever was his name, yeah. Duke Hebert, who got signed by the by the Tigers immediately after the game like super cool struck out three of the best players in baseball um you know stuff like that isn't going to happen in spring training because he wasn't on a team so um was super cool yeah the, the world baseball classic is super fun i can't wait till it comes back and everybody who thinks it's bad for injuries or they should cancel it because of injuries or it's it's bad for the sport is uh just wrong so that's i think all the time that we are going to have on the podcast today thank you everybody for tuning in we will be back at you. We are going to get a little season preview pod in the next week or so out um, before opening day, which is on Thursday, six days from now. Exciting stuff. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will talk to you next time.